Welcome back to another unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist, episode 144 here on Teal Town, USA. Uh, not too bad of a week. Sharks going two for three. We like that. Take those two wins. We're going to get into those games and more. But first, remember, hook us up, man. Subscribe. Follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can always donate using that Super Chat option during the live shows. We do prefer Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA. If you want to drop a little something in the tip jar, we certainly appreciate that. And thank you for the support. And remember, if you are not watching live on YouTube, throw your take in the comment section of this video below. And with that, we break in to episode 144 here of the Pucknologist. Jerkman, what is going on? Not a lot, man. Um, I kind of feel like I was just on uh, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like that, too. So, 2-1 and one over the three games. Not too shabby through 28. This season, the Sharks currently 15-12-1 with 31 points. Currently fifth in the Pacific Division. And I don't believe that there are any games currently going on that would impact that position. Am I right? Um, I mean, so the Golden Knights and the Wild are tied after the first period. If the Golden Knights were to win, um, they would actually leapfrog the Sharks. The Golden Knights are in sixth right now? Uh, that is correct information, yes. Wow. Boy, see? I'm, fifth. I'm, I'm, fifth. They're in fifth. Oh, okay. I'm so on top of it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The Sharks are in fourth. God damn it. Okay. So I'm already like in slow, in a slow mode. It, it, it's, it's okay <laughs> because there's... In the Western Conference, there's like there's like six or seven teams that are all occupying one step on the staircase. So, <laughs> not right. Uh, okay, two and three over the last five, six and four over the last ten. Uh, prediction time for me. A little update. Uh, it, it, it's looking good. I'm not gonna lie. It's looking pretty good. So far through 28 games, they're 15, 12, and one. I had them at 15 and 13. The good news. Coward. <laughs> the good news, I'm, I'm looking pretty good on that. The bad news is if my picks continue to be on the nose, or at least this close, I don't see a path for the Sharks to make the playoffs. But we will see. So, Sharks versus Calgary. Uh, it's a 5-3 win for the Sharks. You get goals from Hurdle. Actually, you got three of them, including an empty netter. Uh, but, hey now... Let's let's just throw it up there because EK65 had a breakaway. I was run over yet again. Yes, sir. It happens. And a goal from Couture. Anywho, uh, Hill would start his fourth straight. Reimer was still, quote, unquote, under the weather. God, could they be any more coy with trying to talk about Reimer? Yikes. Uh, Balsers would go to the IR prior to this one, and this would be the game that LeBanc got a healthy scratch. Yikes. Um, so th this one for me, I will say, I mean, yeah, 5-3 win, you love to see it, but then you got little things like uh, EK65 putting the puck over the glass for yet another delay of game penalty. I am so tired of this team taking delay of game penalties. It seems like there's one every other game, whether it's hella dudes or puck over glass. Uh, nice storyline from this. Calgary only allowing two power play goals in a game twice. Coming into this one, they lost both. Well, guess what? They You did it again. You get two power play goals, you lost again. 
even though Calgary came into this with the third-ranked PK in the NHL, and the Sharks were down 3-1, and they'd scored three unanswered in the second. The 600 NHL point for Hurdle, although if you listen to NBCS... Or, I'm sorry, see? <clears throat> see, even I screwed up because I was too busy looking at uh, <laughs> NBCS's stuff. Let, let's just throw it up there while we're here. I mean, good Lord. First off, at the beginning of it, look at those standings, ladies and gentlemen. Graphics guy working overtime up in here. 13, one loss. That's fantastic. Looking good. Yeah, looking, looking great. So Couture would nail his 600th point, or if you're NBCSN, you think that Hurdle got his 600th goal. For those of you at home, only 20 players in the NHL have 600 goals or more. And I'll tell you right now, Hurdle, not one of them. Not yet. Not yet. So, yeah, all-time uh, uh, screw job from NBCSB <laughs> yet again. Um, but after hearing from Bugner following the Columbus game, it was the Sharks needed to get back to their grind defensive first brand of hockey. Uh, the defense in this was uh, not not that great, but a credit for clawing back, going perfect on special teams. You get a hurdle hat trick, one power play, one even strength, one empty netter. Uh, how about you, sir, on this one? I was really happy um, to see the Sharks uh, play poorly in the beginning of this game. Um, because it, it left them open to play well in the middle of the end of the game, which they did. Um, just the way that they, like you mentioned, they were able to claw back um, against a, a a very good team who was having a multi-goal lead against them. Obviously, you enjoy to see that, but also, and again, you know, it's been a recurring theme here, I would say, the last four weeks or so. Um, we called out Hurdle last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we'll get into it as we talk about games down the road. Hattrick in this game against the Calgary Flames. And in 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 his in the four games since we've called out Hurdle, six goals. So, <laughs> Do we need to call out LeBang now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's somebody else you would like us to call out, uh, send us a super chat and we'll be more than happy to do that. Uh, yeah. Bob, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick shout out to uh, 21 Pucks. Clearly having an issue with the uh, jersey that's uh, behind me. Anyway, uh, the attendance in this one, 10,534. Seems to be a recurring theme, unfortunately. I mean, get out there, man. Tickets are killer priced right now. There's some good stuff to be viewed. Look, Hurdle gets a hat trick. I mean, come on. Gotta like that. But I just, I was happy to see the guys come back off that road trip respond well, get down early, had to chase the game, had to fight back. And this, I feel like, Jerk, is, again, one of those games that had this happened last year, the year before, they get down and they're not coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially last season, like, <laughs> if they go into the first intermission trailing, it's over. You can turn the TV off and go somewhere else. And not so much this year. I mean, there still have been quite a few games where – the Sharks, they have it in the bag, and then they let it slip away from them. But I like that we're starting to trend in the right direction in terms of getting behind early and coming back and winning. That's you know, that's half the battle, right? Now they just need to win the games that they're leading in, and you know, we'll be on to something. And that's something if if they make it to the playoffs, something you're going to need. You know, that's the a club you're going to need in your bag. Mm-hmm. So we move on. 
Sharks versus Minnesota, that ends up being a 5-2 loss. Everybody, of course, is going to blame the Stealth jerseys, 0-4. Which I don't understand. Yeah, because people are stupid. Uh, they, they need some some reason to, something to blame a loss on. Uh, Hill's fifth straight start, LeBanc would return. Shimmick scratched for the second straight with this one. Fifth overall on the season. Um and we're going to get into it, but boy, this is a couple. This is like second or third straight game where Ferraro is just unlucky. He's just in the wrong spot, wrong time. He's trying to do all the all the right things, but fluky things bouncing off of him. Uh, and for me, boy, I don't know if if you're listening to Randy and Hetty's call, but more than a couple times, Randy kind of complained about the lack of energy in the building. And this one actually had ten thousand seven eighty two. So slightly better, but I mean, hmm. it the lack of energy it doesn't help, <laughs> you know, when you're trailing <laughs> when you're for a majority of the game. Walked, <laughs> yeah. And look, it would have been nice, of course, to pick up the win, but Minnesota is literally the hottest team in the league, best team in the NHL right now. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, uh, look, take it down a notch. Uh, I will say Middleton not helping his case in this one, taking three calls. That was a little yikes. And what was a stingy penalty kill for the Sharks? Coughed up two of three. Uh, But yet another Sharks game where they start slow, have to chase the game. But they did look good in the third. If only they had decided. If this game had started at about 930, I think the Sharks would have been great. You know, they outshot Minnesota 21 to six in the third. So it's just like, oh, yo, yo, come on. Yeah, I, I feel like this game in particular, um, I mean, it was bad from the beginning. Right. And the only reason it was remotely interesting is because you got a couple interesting goals towards the end here from uh, from Hurdle and from Jonathan Nolan. But I feel like this is the game where you just you take the tape. And uh, you throw it out the window uh, as you're getting onto the freeway, and you just forget about it. And, you know, we'll obviously get into it in a little bit, but it seems like the Sharks were able to do that once they did move on to Dallas. But, uh, yeah, this not a very good game against Minnesota. I mean, like I said, just burn the tape and move on with your life. But, like you said, start, start on time. Or <laughs> even start, like, if you absolutely have to start late, don't start that late. <laughs> yeah, maybe seven forty-five, seven fifty. Don't wait Dude, until nine. Eight thirty. I'll take it. That'd be fine, but not you know not nine fifty-nine. Like, come on. <laughs> You're right. So finally, it's the Sharks versus the Dallas Stars. The return of Joe Pavelski and also the return of James Reimer in net. Thank you, God. And we did see a little bit of, you know, with the starting with the Minnesota game, continued Sharks versus Dallas, a little line blending. We got uh, Gregor moving up to play with Couture and Dahlin, while Meyer would move down to play with Hurdle and Barabanov. You get goals from Hurdle and EK65. Hi-yo. Was that a game winner? <laughs> I think so. Yes, sir. <laughs> Modul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sharks, another delay a game penalty in this one. Uh the one, of course, bad thing from this is LeBanc did get injured early in the first, have really not heard anything from the team. I will imagine that we're going to get some sort of tidbit of info tomorrow morning to, as yesterday, today, excuse me, was an off day for the team. So something will come out tomorrow morning. Check your Twitter, check, check all the, the beat guys. They'll have it. But Reimer, 
I mean, five games off, you you only come back with a oh a nine seventy one. That's last I looked, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this game kind of like what I mentioned before, right? The Sharks very clearly burned the tape against Minnesota, threw it out the window, did whatever they had to do, and you know they came in and yeah, you know they were under siege for you know pretty much all of the first period and a good chunk of the third period, but. When they controlled the play, they capitalized. You know, they got the goal um, from Eric Carlson, which would eventually be the game-winning goal. And James Reimer held him in there, obviously. But we saw a lot of Sharks players, and we, you know, Eric and I talked about this on After Dark Who? after the game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the Sharks, they seemed like they were, even though Reimer was constantly bailing them out and being being a wall for them. The Sharks were there. Will were still there to clean up any garbage that Reimer couldn't handle. Dig it, and and which is what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> but yeah, some good positioning. Uh, it did feel like they were a bit more cohesive, collapsed better. Uh, but Reimer did come up with some great saves, and hopefully this begins a run for him. And it's a run that, for me, just looking at the schedule, which excuse me, is is really quirky coming over the next two weeks where it's game Tuesday, game Thursday, then off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, then game Tuesday, then game Thursday, then you got like holiday. I mean, just this, these next two weeks, you're, you're like playing four games in 12 days. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like take advantage of this time to get guys healthy, of course, but dial things in. Uh, but Reimer, I, for me, there's no reason why he doesn't start the next four games, especially when you look at who they're coming against. I mean, Seattle. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> three, three of those four games are against crappy teams. And, you know, obviously, like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, the Sharks could e- – the Sharks or any, any good team can easily lose against a crappy team. It happens all the time. But you can't afford to screw around with this next four-game segment. You just can't. I mean – we, we've talked about it for weeks now, you know, picking up these points against division rivals, which is, you know, teams the Sharks have not seen a lot prior to this week. They need to pick up these points. I mean, they haven't seen already, them at all. That's what I'm saying <laughs> is, you know, they, they're in a really good position to not only, you know, push themselves further ahead of the people below them, but also catch the people above them. I mean, as as I said before, you know, you look at the the, uh, the division standings, right? You know, Vegas is right there. Los Angeles is right there uh, beneath them. But then you look above, Edmonton is only one point ahead of them. Uh, Anaheim, four. Calgary, five. It's I'm not going to sit here and say the Sharks are going to win the division, but it's there. They might as well take advantage against some not-so-great teams. Well, and so far, when it comes to divisional games, they have taken advantage. You know, they've only played two divisional games, both against Calgary, but last I looked, won both of them. <laughs> what you see it. And a score update for you right now, Minnesota just took the lead against the Golden Knights, 3-2. to two. File under, you'd love to see it. Yep. Um, th- yeah, 31 points. Edmonton with 32. You play Edmonton in two weeks. Yeah, pretty damn huge. Boy. Could, although I still think we're all like going, how the hell is Anaheim at the top of the division? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I even, you know, Eric and I talked about that yesterday. Like Anaheim, I believe, is punching up, and I think it's only a matter of time before they drop down, right? And 
So like you're when, saying like Zegers cannot keep this up. <laughs> right. And you know, I personally think it's only a matter of time before Anaheim comes back down to earth. And when they do, you know, you're going to be as it stands right now, LA Vegas and San Jose jockeying for that third position. Well, the next five are all Pacific division matchups. Gotta win those. And as jerk mentioned, Three of those games are against Vancouver and Seattle. Take advantage, guys. Um, yeah. To top off the Sharks-Dallas game, just uh, of note, attendance on this one, a little bit better, 14,145. Now, again, when I cite these numbers, these are tickets sold, not tickets used, but you would expect there to be a little bit of a bump in ticket sales, but it's a Saturday game. It's military night. It's the return of Joe Pavelski. You would, you would hope that there would have been a ticket bump. <laughs> oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at my Twitter feed right now, and I'm seeing a lot of uh, agitation about uh, William Eklund potentially being the only Sharks <laughs> to go to the World Juniors. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, especially because you know Thomas Bordalo just just got jobbed again this year. <laughs> jam job off yeah and well but we've talked about it all year you know when we do like our quick hit on what the prospects are up to i mean very good season that bordelow is having for university of michigan and doesn't get the call after last year not being able to play because his roommate had a false positive <sighs> god damn right and the golden knights have tied it up you bastards of course they did all right so stock up this week barra banoff Dude, five assists in the last four, seven over the last seven. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so I he- I've heard that's good. Um, and and he's remember when we started the season and you know he was he was hurt a mm-hmm. little bit and then when he was healthy, you know, Bob was saying, well, you know, he's not quite there yet, you know. And it's like, okay, um, I think he's here now. I mean, fifteen points in twenty three games, you know, that's. I mean, as it is, that's a pretty good pace to be scoring on, obviously. But then when you, you, you factor that in over a full season, which for him would be 77 games, you're looking at a 50-point season for Parabanov at a million bucks. Dude, and, and doing it really all under the radar. I mean, nobody is yeah. talking about this guy. Right. So, yeah, keep that up, please. Yeah, and he's he's an unrestricted free agent, too. So if I'm – I mean, obviously the Sharks have been burned before with signing – guys like this mid-season Sorensen Radil you know what I'm saying but man if I'm the Sharks I get this guy locked up now yeah you got it and it doesn't have to be anything crazy it could be two or three years two million bucks and I think that's fine do not have to be anything wild well in in this let's go back real quick for a hot second before we get to the next stock up player but this is something that you and I had talked about not too long ago but what a scary thought as to where this team would be and this is one of those things where you do like you can be upset with Doug Wilson all you want when it comes to Vlasic's contract, Kane's contract, Carlson's contract, whoever. But the Sharks, you have to give it up for flipping. Imagine where this team would be had they not flipped Linus Carlson for Jonathan Dolan, mm-hmm. trading Suomela for Barabanov, mm-hmm. and claiming Balsers. Right. I mean, dude, that's, that's we're talking Dolan, Barabanov, and Balsas, three of your top six when everybody's healthy. Right, exactly. Well, and 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 <laughs> holy with, hell, if Wilson well, doesn't make those moves, 
and you know, with with Dolan and and uh, and Barabanov, you can say, okay, well, you know, both those trades were them taking a chance on a guy. Well, you know what? They took a chance and it worked out. But I look even the Balsers one, right? Like, I think it was Doug Wilson Jr. who actually came out and said, you know, yeah, we were we were we were doing our research around the league and we were pretty confident Ottawa was going to put him on waivers, so we just waited. <sighs> like that's the kind of foresight that we're looking for, dude. That's. Man, I don't. People are gonna scream and cry nepotism. I don't know that I would mind Junior getting the keys to the to the castle. I mean, I don't doubt that his last name had something to do with him getting the job, but it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with him a keeping the job, but also b getting promoted. Mm -hmm. Because people forget he's only been he's only been the director of scouting um, since 2018. Right and, and and prior, and who have the sharks gotten since then? It's it's been pretty good, right? And but prior to that, he had a completely different job elsewhere with the sharks. Yeah, no. So, uh, so and st- young guy too. He's only thirty five years old. He could be the GM for the next forty years if we wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think what we're saying is DW Junior stock up on you, uh, Tomas Hurdle. I mean, you mentioned it earlier after a drought, six goals and one assist over the last four games. Uh, where where is he going to end up? I mean, how would the Sharks look if they only had one top six center? That, that seems like that would, could lead to a lot of fan revolt. But what right now? Hurdle is heating up. What what what's the play right now? Uh, I mean, so are we just talking like in general? Because I think. I mean, if the if the Sharks, like I said, if the Sharks find themselves into a playoff spot, like I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, if they're say it's you know we we get to the trade deadline and the Sharks are third in the division, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you keep him. You're a playoff team. I think it also has to do with the fact that it's your playoff positioning, but I think it's also. Where is the team trending at that point, too? You know what I mean? Like, are they backing into a playoff, or are they really, the team has really coalesced, built chemistry, come together, and Hurdle's having a good time? Right. That's that's what it all depends on. Because even if, even if the Sharks, like, let's say the Sharks are in the first wild card spot, if if that spot's not comfortably held down, even though they are technically in a playoff spot, I would act as I would operate as if we we being the sharks are going to miss, mm-hmm. you know, just be, it, it's a tough situation. I'm thankful. I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot to think about between now and, uh, the trade deadline. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to get asked more and more and more as it gets closer. We'll, we'll see. I think we might see something going into the Olympic break. That's a, well, a lot of time with- off. Well, that's the th- and that's the thing, dude. Is is so you, <laughs> assuming the NHL goes to the Olympics, right? Yeah, that's true. The you know the Sharks, they're in Tampa Bay on February first. They don't play again till February twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. And you know the guys who don't go to the Olympics, they're not going to stop skating. Well, my... there's going to be practices and skates. They're going to be asked this question every day. Well, it's going to be that, but it's they February twenty fourth is their first game back, but then March 21st is the deadline. So that's why I'm saying when they come back from that break, if it hasn't, if the topic has not already been addressed, that I think is when the fire gets turned up. Mm -hmm. For sure. uh, Also stock up this week, 
<laughs> not my man, <laughs> Jerk's man, Eric Carlson, running me over, three goals, two assists, since coming back from protocol, over 15 games. My lawnmower has never looked better. <laughs> my lawn. is a, EK65's lawn has never looked better. Six goals, six assists for 12 points in 10 out of those 15 games. Um, look, everybody knows I, I called out EK for a long time because I thought he was playing like garbage. Thought he, he sucked as far as I was concerned. And I'm freely here to admit Chiefs, since returning from COVID protocol, these over these last 15 games, no doubt, best he's ever been as a Shark. It's, that's, it's not even up for debate. Okay? So, so all the people that, are, that keep trying to, uh, the, I don't know, the people that keep swinging on social media like, where are the haters now? And all that, it's like, look, yeah, we're, we're fine to ad- admit that he's playing well now because he is. But don't be a little bitch about it when he sucks and we call it out and you're going, oh, you're just a hater. Well, and, and not only that, dude, but, you know, you mentioned the offense, which definitely mention it. Right. But in these the three games this that this week, Calgary, Minnesota, Dallas, 13 shots on goal. Those on goal, not attempts on goal, mm-hmm. 13 on goal. He's only got one hit, but yeah, it's not really you don't it's need him to game. do that. No. And he's got three takeaways. So he's playing very well defensively in addition to offensively. And also you look at um you know, we were talking about Burns and Farrow playing the whole game, right? Well, Carlson, 21 minutes against Calgary, 24 minutes against Minnesota, 24 minutes against Dallas. Yeah, he's getting so, leaned on now. Well, especially because, in, in, and as you mentioned, you know, those first couple games back from the protocol, where was he clocking in at? 18, 19, 20? Mm-hmm. Which, to be understood, I mean, he had COVID. Like, it's to be understood. But the fact that, you know, he's starting to come back around, he's getting points, he's doing all the right things, he's playing more minutes, like... I, I, I dare you to find something to be upset about. Hey, the 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 only thing I can be upset about is the previous two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, <It's>, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. But so it's like uh, this. This is the Carlson that I expected the previous two seasons. It's nice that we're finally seeing it. It's great when a player plays to his contract. It's the haircut, dude. I, I, evidently. But yeah, for for some of the, I don't know, some some people on on whatever platforms they have, and it's just it's a little mind numbing, and like a lot of revisionist history happening is what I'm saying. Uh, Brent Burns uh, stock down last week, but kind of coming back a little bit. One goal, two assists, and two straight games this week after going pointless in eleven straight. So. Jeez. Yeah. So just by de facto, <laughs> you know, it's it's de facto stock up, I suppose. And Timo Meyer, despite kind of cooling off, you know, last week three goals, two assists. This week four assists, and moved to the hurdle line to kind of hopefully kickstart that thing going. Seems to have worked. We've seen what Hurdle's been able to do <laughs> since then, and still Meyer does have four assists. And power play went three for seven. So lot of stock going up this past week, despite you know, winning two of three. We like that. But, but let's also, let's also quickly mention, you know, you, you said Timo Meyer, and I want to jump on this really quick. If, if four points in his last four games is cooled off, right. 
I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I haven't been stocked like, up, dude, right? <laughs> you you've been on fire the last seven weeks. You're allowed a night off. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how I look at it. And even Burns, like, uh, I still think you know, you and I both, I would agree, we want more from Burns in general. I mean, it's not that many years ago that he was as a defenseman point per game, and he's you know he still looks good. I mean, 15 points in 28 games. There's nothing to be upset about, but. I still would like to see more. I would, I mean, in a perfect scenario, him and Carlson are clicking at the same level, but it is what it is, right? And I did actually think of one more thing about Timo Meyer. 28 points in 23 games, zero PIMS. Oh, man. That really is the one that just is shocking. Keep it going. So, stock down this week, uh, kind of just overall defense. Like, I'm not saying. The, all the guys on the blue line. I'm just saying the overall Sharks defense seems like it, it you know, it, it obviously came back versus Dallas, but there were a lot of goals given up against Columbus, a lot of goals given up against Minnesota. Seems like they're just, there's a few games there that you would like to see the defense tighten up a little bit. Um, stock down, Kevin LeBanc. I mean, you got scratched this week, but to your credit, even though it was in a loss, Boogie came out and said the game against... Minnesota was the best game he had seen out of him. Um, you know, it, is, is it at all possible that he's played well the whole season and just has not been put with the right people? <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> but look, uh, it, it it's certainly helping his trade value. But you know, Doug Wilson can't be happy seeing his fourth highest paid player getting demoted to the press box from the fourth line. Remember, LeBanc signed for two more years. Uh, but look, Bugner's holding everybody accountable. He said he would during the last season exit interviews. But as we've mentioned on here a few times, has LeBanc really been given a fair shot this season? I, I think you both know where Jerk and I are at. I would say no, but LeBanc did respond with a great game versus Minnesota. Would have been nice to see what he could have done against Dallas had he not gotten injured. Again, we'll find out more information tomorrow, but... LeBanc, come on, buddy. And here's the other thing, too, is, you know, people are talking about, you know, you just mentioned, obviously, his trade value. I think, and this is, there's no indication that LeBanc is going to be traded. It's all just, it's all whispers at this point, right? Mm -hmm. But I think Innuendo. if if he is, let's just say for argument's sake, if he is, I don't really know that his value could be hurt based on how this season is going. And the reason why I say that is because look at the last, um, prior to this year, look at the last four years that he's played. I mean, good years, all four of those years, 40 points, 56 points, 33 points, 28 points in a shortened season, obviously. Like, the book is written on LeBanc. Like, even though, yeah, okay, this year, not so great. But I think some teams would still be comfortable paying value based on the last four years just because, He's done that over a consistent basis, and you know, too many, too many people I think are guilty of um, putting a lot of emphasis on the outlier while rejecting, you know, stable, consistent, stable data over multiple years. Well, it's it's as if everybody is expecting LeBanc to be the the cat who got in on all four goals in Game Seven versus Vegas. You know, like they're expecting that. Well, hell, he did that during that five-minute major. Can't he do that every game? <laughs> well, not only that, but it's like 
we've talked about it for weeks now. Look at who he's playing with. Look at the line he's playing on. Look at the minutes he's playing. Like Bob can say all he wants, how much offense he wants from LeBanc. The those lines, uh, especially that not fourth great. line, you're not really relying on offense from that line. Well, here, address PJ48 from the chat. How many drop passes do you make and lose in your own zone before you get demoted? LeBanc hasn't learned. Just bang it up off the wall. That and turnovers. He LeBanc deserves to be where he is at. Well, the problem with LeBanc, LeBanc is a player who needs somebody to go get the puck and give it to him. The problem is that for years, the Sharks have tried to make LeBanc be the guy who goes and gets the puck. And that's not the type of player he is. He's the player that receives the puck. There you go. Finally here in Stockdown, I hate to say it, Mario Ferraro. Chief has found himself out of position a couple times. Goals against, gone off his stick, off his person. These are tough breaks. And, this, you know, like I, I feel silly putting him in Stockdown because he plays so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he blocks a ridiculous amount of shots. He, it's just... He he's just had a streak of bad luck, as far as I'm concerned. Just I mean, if if you're let's say you're a, you're a student in the in in a school, and you you know every test you've taken throughout a given semester you get A's on, and then you get one B. I don't really know that anybody's going to care that much. Yeah, stock down. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Oh, you got to be. It's like, well, you know, I mean, again, it's like we said with Timo Meyer. Like if if this is stock down, love it. I'm fine. Yeah. Like you you can't fault a guy for it's not even a mistake. It's literally like it's not his fault the puck hit him in the arm. Like give me a break. <laughs> exactly. So, stats in the module uh, right now, the power play clicking along 16.9%. It's up to 14th now after dropping to 20th last week. So, some changes happening there that are obviously trending well. The PK remains fourth at 86% this week, killing seven of eight. Love to see that. Faceoff, just talk about clicking right along. Still 52%, ninth in the NHL. Hill and Reimer. Talk about a tale of two goalies. Aiden Hill, 282 goals against with a save percentage of 903, and he has a 6-8 and eight record. Reimer, conversely, a 2.03 goals against with a 9.37 save and 9.4-1. and one. Again, this is why I say I'm going to be very upset if Reimer does not score, start the next four games. Can I – you mentioned James Reimer. We've done – and we've done this for a couple weeks now. Uh, I have some James Reimer questions for you. Uh-oh. Here we go. 400. So, 400. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. So James Reimer, as you as you mentioned, you know he's played 15 games, started 14 of them, uh, nine, four, and one, as you talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so among, and we 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 keep doing this, right? Among starting goalies in the NHL, and when you're a starting goalie, you've played, I would say, at this point, you've played maybe 60% of your team's games so far. That's what determines you're a starter. So you're talking like what at this point, like at least 16? Sure. I mean, or you could say, you know, 50% plus one, but whatever. Um, James Reimer, among starters this year, fifth in goals against average, number one in save percentage among starters. Why is he not starting more? Are those, (laughs) let me ask, I have two questions for you. Fifth in goals against the record, not so pretty, but whatever. Fifth in goals against average, 
first in save percentage. Are those all-star numbers? Uh, I would kind of lean towards yay. Yeah. And are those Vesna numbers? I think they're knocking on the door. I mean, at the very least, he's getting some votes. Yeah. And I think I think some people will say, oh, well, the Pacific Division has John Gibson and it has Jacob Markstrom and it has Miko Koskinen, who's playing very well. So and those are true. And those are true statements. But James Reimer, I mean, he's putting together, you know, he, he's he's packaging himself a, a very nice uh, all star season, I would say. And, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're going to get to that in a hot minute. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that people will take a look at that. So. Uh, for those of you watching live, might have been not been paying attention. Over, mm. It just went overtime. Final, Ducks 3, Blues 2. And Golden Knights currently leading Minnesota 4-3. to three. Ugh, Mac, the, Max Pacioretty, six, game, six games in a row with a goal. <laughs> Wild on the power play, though. And oh, uh, <laughs> Joe Thornton has scored tonight. You wanna with you wanna your mom? About, no, what? <laughs> you want to you want to talk about a guy who's probably going to go to the All Star game? Max Pacioretty. Oh yeah, without a six doubt. games six games in a row with a goal, ten goals in ten games. I mean, <sighs> stop. Yeah, that's a guy who's probably going to go to the All Star game. But real quick, uh, before we move on, I do want to mention the Moduel, as you said. Moduel. So stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> the top three in terms of in terms of uh, well here let's see we'll do. In terms of the module score, your top three is Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, as it's been all season. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, high-value goals, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture. Again, these, these are all things that we're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking at, and you know, for some of these guys, it's hard to tell just because of how few goals they have, right? But mm-hmm. Nick Nick Benino, 100% of his goals are high value. Uh, Eric Carlson and Jonathan Dolan, 50% high value. Logan Couture, 80, or I'm sorry, um, 75% high value. Uh, Timo Meyer, a little over 50%. Um, and, you know, Tomas Hurdle only... Um, not you know under 50 percent of his goals are actually high value but he's also got 14 goals so you know well in in blue line love love to talk about that three games this week the blue line deposited two goals four assists of course ek65 getting four of those six points beautiful all in 15 goals 41 assists for those of you at home that's 56 points in 28 games. Last I looked, that's two points per game. Is that good? I feel like that's good. That's, I mean, everything I've known about what is and is not good tells me that that's good. All right. So coming up this week, when we talk again next Sunday, we're going to be catching you up on a couple. One versus Seattle. Hello. Very first meeting against the Kraken ever in history. And one versus Vancouver during what we could probably charitably called the dumbest part of the Sharks schedule. So for those of you unaware, the Sharks play Vancouver back to back. All right. This is remember, remember the, the big thing about last season and you had all these like series where you'd play the same team four games in a row, like two there and two at your place or whatever. And 
when they talk to the players, they're like, yeah, really enjoy this because it cuts down on travel. We get to rest a bit more. It just works. And there was this whole thing of the NHL was going to do something to kind of say, yeah, let's, let's implement this. It rests players. It cuts down on costs, right? Couple, couple less flights. Maybe Mm -hmm. you, maybe you get a break at the, at the Hilton for staying an extra couple of days. Who knows? But the Sharks are, are hosting Vancouver and this is, you know, this whole back to back thing. It's on the 16th and the 21st. All right, so it's five days. Probably could have done this in oh two. Well, but, here's the hilarious oh, thing. No, no, no. I'm getting to it. Okay. The, <laughs> the fact that Vancouver is in San Jose on Thursday to play, right? Then they go home and play the following night. Then they're off. Then they play another game, and then they go back to San Jose to play again. So even though it's back-to-back for San Jose, <laughs> Vancouver plays two games in between. And not only that, dude. <laughs> and has to travel. <laughs> not only that, dude. So they're they're in San Jose. Then they go back to Vancouver for two games. Then they're in San Jose again. They go back to Vancouver for two games. Then they go to Anaheim and Los Angeles. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> dude, so stupid. So anyway, uh, first ever meeting versus Seattle. Currently dead last in the Pacific where we all thought they'd be. Uh, Vancouver has climbed out of the basement, seventh in the Pacific on a three-game win streak. However, they are currently playing right now and are up one nothing over the Hurricanes after the end of the first. So, uh, look, after cleaning house, uh, is this all uh, Broudreau? Who is, what, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, I definitely think you can say, well, fre- you know, fresh voice in the room. Um, but... I don't know. I would like to say, I mean, obviously, we'll, you know, we're going to mention it, but, you know, the Canucks were my dark horse this year. I'm still a fan of the way this, the forwards and the goaltending for this team is constructed, but I just feel like at this point, it's a bit too late to sort of right the ship. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know, I mean, as you said, they've won three in a row and they're leading right now against a pretty good Carolina team, but I don't know. I just wonder if it's too late to stop that bleeding. Yeah, I think it might be. That's a, again, you can't win the cup in in November, but you sure as shit can lose it. It feels like. Yep. So uh, the quick hits here. Uh, again, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but man, lot, dude, I don't know about you. Well, probably because you're not in the area, but <laughs> a lot of free tickets offered up to me this week. Like, come on, people, get out there. There's some good hockey going on. You use these tickets. Let's let let's let's support here. Uh, Kevin Kurz. <laughs> oh man. The guy that triggers an amazing amount of Sharks fans. He announced last Monday that after a decade of covering the San Jose Sharks, he would be heading back East and now will be there for the New York Islanders. Uh, of note, the Sharks do host the Islanders on February 24th. Uh, that is the first game back from the Olympic break, as Jerk mentioned earlier. Now I, I know Kevin caught a lot of shit from from some fans and so oh you're a flyers fan or he was too critical or maybe he asked a dumb question or something um but remember there are also a, a contingent of fans that want rainbows and sunshine blown up their ass on a regular basis and if you're part of that group i highly recommend you watch curtis brown i think you'll get your your dose um but i'm gonna miss watching curtis trigger some fans with what are those things oh yeah facts I mean, come on. 
Uh, and I will say, like, Kurz, when he first got here and he was doing the thing for CSN uh, and he was regularly part of pre and post or whatever, I, th- you know, I kind of had this vibe and I'm like, he seems a little Pollyanna sometimes. Like, some, I felt like he was very silver lining on a few things. Once he made that shift to the athletic, it's like, ah, this is the Kurz I've been waiting for. Honesty. So, any hoodles. Uh, let's take a quick one from the chat because I mentioned it. Dana asking, how do you get free tickets? <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to be in town for four games and I want to go to all four. Uh, your best bet is join the San Jose Sharks fan Facebook page. That I see them on there from time to time. There was a lot uh, thrown up this week. So that would be uh, my recommendation for you, Dana. Uh, taking over the Sharks beat on the athletic is Corey. Uh, and there's no way I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but uh, Ma- Massasek? I'm just throwing it out there. I'll, I'll get it right because we will be talking to him this week. He previously covered the Devils for the Athletic and the Capitals for the Washington Times. Uh, based on his introduction, he does seem to be more of an advanced stats guy. He's going to use GIFs and cliffs, clips to explain his takes. Uh, so in other words, he's going to be the Athletic's Shang. Uh, but I'm sure there will be no shortage of fans on social media that will quickly turn on him and suddenly miss the days of Kerr's. Uh, but we will be speaking with Corey sometime over the next week and getting his take. Uh, boy, advanced stats. Because what fan doesn't love advanced stats? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's totally easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evander Kane made his Barracuda debut this weekend. Uh, led the Cuda with five shots on goal in the first game. Uh, I didn't catch how many he had today, but he did have an assist. Um, some interesting photos that came out today, or I'm sorry, yesterday from the teddy bear toss game. I mean, and you let me know. I just thought it was kind of funny. But here's a shot of the teddy bear toss. And you can see there are uh, got a couple guys in suits. You see players bent over. They're all trying to help collect the teddy bears. You see the guys in the, uh, what is it, the tank patrol, if that's what they're still called. Everybody trying to help and collect. Let's zoom in on what Evander Kane's up to. He's beaking the referee. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know. I'm not looking for things to bust Kane on, but look, I mean, uh, I have friends that were at the CUDA game. They said coming onto the ice for the second period and the third period, team was out there, and then he kind of sauntered out about 30 seconds after everybody else went out there. And I just feel like, look, if you're trying to build up your reputation and and make things better, and it, like you're out there with everybody else. You're not special. Right, and... Although uh, being among a group of AHLers and you led an NHL team in scoring last season, eh, you're probably a little special. <laughs> I mean, I like to I like to think, okay, maybe there's maybe there's some context there that we're not seeing. I don't know, but to your point, when you're trying to rebuild your image, like it's not a good way to do it when you're, you know, you're out late to the ice and you know you're not participating in what the team is doing. You know, picking up the teddy bears and you know telling Shang, oh, well, I'm NHL ready. It's like, well, then you wouldn't be down here. But I don't know. I just think, I don't know. We, I would prefer we not get into it because we keep talking about him, and I'm really 
tired of it, but me too. You know, it just seems like week after week he's you know been given opportunities to rebuild his image, which I I'm still not convinced is even possible at this point, and just keeps fumbling it. And you know, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm just not really interested. I mean, I've been there for months now, but it's it's getting somehow it's getting even older. Well, it's it's not the first time he's he's been curt, shall we say, with the uh, with Shang, and he's straight blown off Kurs. Like I've been in those media sessions, I've seen him do it. So, right. I, you know, I, I don't know what his beef is with a couple of those guys, but it, you know what? It doesn't matter. They're doing their job. Do your job, and we'll all be fine. But the best part, of course, coming out of the Kane experience is Roy Sommer saying, I thought Kane's been good. We haven't had a problem with him. He's showing up on time. He's been to the rink when he's supposed to. Showed up on time tonight. That's all you can ask for. So in other Congratulations words. Congratulations on doing the bare exactly minimum. what they ask of you. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and you know what? And if you don't agree with our takes on Evander Kane, Good. <laughs> and for those of you who do, good. It's fine. Nice to have varying opinions in the world. Uh, NHL All-Star voting has opened. Three options for the Sharks. Couture, Meyer, and Burns. How the hell is EK65? Not, this is coming from me, and I'm asking, how the hell is EK65 not on the list of three guys? Every team got three players listed on there. Now, granted, you can go and you can type in who you want, but it just seemed to be a bit of a miss that you got Burns in there, not EK65. Hmm. It's probably alphabetical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can go vote for any player you want like 10 times a day, every day for the next 30 days because the NHL is stupid. Vote for James Reimer. Yeah. But, I mean, one vote per account, that's it, this whole thing. Because we all know the NHL does that so they can sit there at the end of it and say, you know, after taking in two trillion votes, <laughs> you know, F you. The NHL solely contributing to population growth. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's go around the NHL here. Look, we, we kind of touched on it last week, so I'm not going to dive in. Vancouver cleaned house. Fired Travis Green, fired Jim Benning, bunch of other front office pieces. Uh, but look, they've been on a on a winning streak ever since. One three straight, currently up one nothing over the Canes. So look, uh, that seems to have worked. Um, Arizona, I mean, you might want to do something. I don't know. Uh, the Flyers fire Elaine Vigneault, install Mike Yo. You may remember Yo as the coach that went viral in a video with Minnesota screaming and berating players. Or you maybe remember Mike Yo as the coach the Blues fired a month into their season that saw the Blues eventually win the Stanley Cup. Mike Yo is just not a very good head coach, and people people have yet to figure that out. <laughs> Granted, I think he's the interim head coach right now. I think eventually Philadelphia will hire a new head coach, maybe maybe Rick Tockett. And um, old boys club. Let's get another I, old coach I like, in there. You know what though? I like Talk though. I think he's a good coach, um, but. You know, I think they're going to hire a new head coach, and Mike Yo will slide back over to being the assistant. Hmm. Has Burakovsky scored? Yeah, he has a hat trick. <laughs> so, and that's it. Hasn't scored anymore. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, oh boy. And the Golden Knights four three 
end of two. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah, still time. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes faced a December 20th eviction from uh, Gila River Arena over unpaid taxes, fees, and then for some reason, like two days later, cut a check for all of it. I don't know. It, just, just pick a city already. Houston, Milwaukee, Quebec, Kansas City. I don't, just get the fuck out of Arizona. It's not working. Sell the Kachina jerseys. Be done. Forget Bettman's ego with this whole, you know, we're not leaving Arizona. Like, just stop. Well, and just the fact that, you know, like, obviously for the for the Coyotes, like, good for them. You know, they're now current with their bills. But <laughs> But why did it take being exposed publicly and the threat of being locked out of the building mm-hmm. to pay money? That was 17 months past due. And the, the Glendale city manager even said that he, he said, he was like, if you think, and this is kind of a direct quote, not a direct quote, but this is very close to what he said. He said, if you think, uh, not paying your taxes 17 months in a row is a human effort, then I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> yeah. Colin. <laughs> yeah. I called out Batman on that. I loved that. Uh, yeah. I don't understand what is going on. And last I looked like the, they don't, the Coyotes don't have a building to play in next season. Is that correct? No, the, as soon, you know, pretty or is much. Is it 2022? Yeah, after this regular season, they they don't have anywhere to play. And, I mean, they could always, you know, eat crow and make a new agreement with the city of Glendale, but I don't see that happening, especially because they want, they're really pushing to build an arena in Tempe. Um, I mean, the way I see this working out is they they try and link up with the Phoenix Suns and see if they can share that building for a minute. Ugh. Well, it works so well at what was it, Barclays Center? So <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, the NHL Board of Governors meetings were held this past week. Of note, Bettman, when asked if a plan of succession was in place, he responded, "I plan on being here for a long time, bro. It's been thirty years, man. That is a long time. Like, start." grooming a replacement brother uh as of now olympic participation is still a go he says arizona isn't going anywhere although there is a meeting in january with quebec government officials we'll see how that works there's just i cannot see the nhl expanding again 32 is a nice round number Mm -hmm. i (sighs) think some other things that were interesting from that meeting as well um the you know even though the NHL is not into the idea of going to the Olympics at all, they, you know, Jerry, Gary Bettman, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, he said that it's up to the players. And from how I understand it is the NHL is basically banking on the players getting cold feet and backing out, which I I don't know. I mean, maybe that will happen there. You know, obviously Robin Leonard has backed out. Um, as we've talked about a couple weeks ago and you know there's word around the street um, you know the fourth period was talking about uh, a pretty notable player for Team Canada um, is considering backing out as well because I guess the uh, um, you know the IOC they re- revised the, um, the the Beijing playbook as they call it <laughs> and and as it, as it turns out uh, they originally originally believed that the positive test quarantine was going to be three weeks in China. It could actually be three to five weeks. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> just back out already. Yeah, for I I haven't read this Beijing playbook, but from what I understand, it's a pretty strict document. Yikes! Uh, also coming out, expect the cap to go up another mill here pretty uh, pretty soon, and perhaps another uh, World Cup. 
Well, and we and we talked about we talked about the cap going up a million bucks. I mean, we we talked about that last season, right? And <laughs> yeah, been a you know, minute. well, and and what I think is interesting too is, um, you know, the NHL they're they're projecting for for this season, 2021, 2022, they're projecting revenues to be just over five billion dollars. And for reference, that's a higher project in it, projection than what was projected for 1920 before the shutdown. Hmm. So what that means is that for this season, the NHL stands to make more money than they anticipated making um, before COVID started, which is obviously a positive sign for the salary cap. You know, it's looking right now, um, obviously things can change, but it's looking right now um, 82. So it's 81 and a half right now. And it's been that way for the last three seasons now. It's looking like 82 and a half next year, uh, 83 and a half in two years. And then in three years, it could be some growth, some from what I understand, some epic growth, like potentially getting up to ninety million. Nice. Okay. Which, I mean, <laughs> once those ESPN checks go, how through. about that? You know, how about that Evander Kane buyout? Not so bad now, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, quick check in on our dark horses. Uh, like we'd mentioned, Canucks, jerks, Canucks have climbed out of the basement three straight. Again, ahead right now, so it it could be worse. They could be behind Seattle. Uh, my Kings are still sitting there at sixth. Look, uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to play this game. I mean, the Kings are still the Kings are still sniffing around, but they are. They've kind of they've they've tailed off quite a bit. I mean, you know, San Jose and Vegas are ahead of them as we've mentioned, but also. You know, if you're looking at the wild card race, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, I mean, they're slipping. Yeah, well, I'm ready to take these horses out back and make glue. Uh-huh. Uh, Martin Jones, we know Ian's watching. Uh, Martin Jones, dear lord, uh, what what happened, man? What ha- what ha- happened was uh, Chief has nine games started. Remember, he has to have twenty, but right now nine games. Needs to have 915 or better. And after just blowing the doors off in his first three starts, dude has returned to earth now at a 908. For those of you who are unaware, 908 worse than 915. Oy. What a kick to the groin. That just sucks. Uh, he's going to get a couple more starts before the end of the month. I'm still uh, just going to with go with the assumption that he will start for the – uh, flyers at the end of the month when the Sharks host F- Philadelphia, but oh, oh, kicking the balls. Uh, I right. mean, you know he's going to have money on the board for that game. <laughs> Easiest so. money ever to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go talk to those kids. So, uh, the, the Barracuda, <laughs> holy crap. What, what do they call it when, when you just get dog walked? Is that what it is? When you, I mean, when you got, lose, they got, they got rinsed. There you go. Yeah. When you lose a game 10 to one and, and the guy who won the game, I don't even, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. What is this guy's name? Onyabuchi? Um, that sounds right. Kevin would know. 
I don't even know how I came that close. But uh, right now, 7-11-1. They were on a ridiculous losing streak, finally picking up a win earlier today. But this week, look, uh, just getting absolutely rinsed, dude, and repeat at Stockton. Then they come home to host a pair versus Abbotsford. Evander Kane's first start. Uh, he did get off five shots on goal, uh, but the lone goal from the Barracuda would be Raska from VL and – all right. How do I say it? <laughs> Rabic name? Rabic? Oh, jeez. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to try. Look, Raska scored, okay? <laughs> make it. To, I'm going to pull a Remenda right here and just say, hey, kid, make it to the NHL. I'll learn how to pronounce your fucking name, okay? <laughs> uh, sure. A 4-2 win over Abbotsford earlier today. This time goals coming from Chichek, Reedy, Schmilevsky, well, I'm sorry, 5-2 win. Uh, Chichek, Reedy, Schmolevsky, Weinger, and Halmgawax. Two assists for Blickfeld in this one. And Yoel got two <laughs> assists. Uh, one goal and one assist in this one for both Reedy and Halmgawax. Uh, Evander Kane would pick up his very first point in the AHL with a secondary assist on the Halmgawax goal. Uh, in this one, it was all special teams, baby. Three power play goals and a shorty for the Barracuda. Yeah. Uh, Rabik, there you go. I'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds right, Jerry. Thank you. Uh, your leaders for the Cuda right now, it's Reedy with 11 goals, Merkley with 11 assists, and when I say Merkley, I mean Ryan. And for points, Reedy, 18 points in 18 games. Makes you think he's probably getting a phone call in the near future. Uh, the goalies suck right now, but they're not getting a lot of help in front of them. Sachenko with an 867 and a 4.18 goals against. Melnichuk. Ay, ay, ay. 8.57 save percentage with a 3.67 goals against. Oof. Uh, this coming week, the Cooter are going to host the Colorado Eagles on Wednesday and then head to SoCal to face Ontario on Friday, San Diego on Saturday. And the question on everybody's mind is, will Evander Kane travel with the team? Will, will he go? Because there was some speculation as he would only play home games. Depends on if he's actually vaccinated. Oh, ho! Uh, and and the other thing too is I, I don't know. Do, do the Cuda do they take like Southwest down to SoCal? Or are they bussing it? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. I know in the past they would do commercial flights for mm-hmm. longer trips. So I'm not too sure on that one. Uh, well, I could just picture like the boys taking Southwest. Meanwhile, you know, Kane's got that fuck you money, and he's like, "Yeah, first class, bitch." <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so for the prospects, jeez, uh, Brandon Coe, who, if memory serves, wasn't he signed to uh, entry level deal this week? Yep, the Shar- the Sharks just signed him to their entry his entry level contract uh, very recently. Um, that was signed on December sixth, which was last Monday. So hey, now. So look at that. I mean, only has 48 points in 26 games. What a piker. <laughs> North Bay Battalion. Just like, is, he, is he still like the leader in the OHL for like points? Like not for his team, the entire OHL. I think so. Dude's killing it. Double checking. Yes, he is <sighs> one point. One, he's in the lead by one point. Uh, Tristan Robbins, now with 31 points in 24 games with the Saskatoon Blades, currently at 11 goals. Daniil Gushkin, 16 goals, 25 points in 21 games with the Niagara Ice Dogs. Ozzy Weisblatt has entered the chat. 
20 points in 23 games with the Prince Albert Raiders, currently at six goals, also at six goals, and currently the guy getting bent the hell over this week, Tomas Bortolo, six goals, 19 points in 18 games at University of Michigan. How does Bortolo not get an invite? Total, total jam job. Ugh. So Especially just, I just feel, I just feel bad for him because, like I said, was on the team last year, couldn't play because his roommate had a false positive, and then this year doesn't even get the call despite having a really good year. It's just, you hope that whenever the Sharks do decide to sign him to his entry level contract, whether that's this year or next year um, or the year after that, hope he just shows up and just tears apart the uh, the NHL. That would be. A beautiful thing to see. Uh, William Eklund, last I looked, five assists in nine games because Deer Garden sucks. Yeah, they're literally the worst team in the Swedish Hockey League. Oh, God. Despite being, like, the most notable team, if you can understand that. You think it has something to do with Marcus Sorensen? Dude, Marcus Sorensen is having a <laughs> having a very good year for them. I mean, he leads them in scoring. <laughs> what a shock. But here's the thing. And... You brought it up, so now I feel compelled to say it. Whip it out. Twenty goals in twenty-six games for Mark, or I'm sorry, twenty points in twenty-six games for Marcus Sorensen. He's a dash one, um, and has sixty-two penalty minutes. Oh, gee, are you kidding? Wow, <laughs> the hell's that about? All right, so we'll uh, wrap up where the prospects are, the the kids, if you will, and let's get to uh, finishing this up, and that always starts with our Tweet of the Week. It's a good one this week, and uh, I like it. This coming from Shane at ShaneSSM saying the NHL are having multiple hearings for plays that weren't even called penalties. Maybe they should discipline the refs instead. I like it. I it's like just un- we've it talked about it. Bef- we've talked about it before, but it's really unfortunate that the NHL handles the referees with kid gloves. You know, <sighs> well, and it would just be nice if they would like, even if it was only once a week, once a month, or whatever. But at least you have to be a little bit accountable for when you fuck up. You know, just the fact that you'll blow something and then you don't even have to answer to anybody for it, at least publicly. Like, it would be nice if, if an official once in a while said, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm human. I, I, I fucked up. I blew it. You know, I didn't get it well, right. And it's just like, at least you know, it. well, and we've talked about that before. Like, you know, and you've, you know, you shared the clip out on, um, you know, on Twitter when it happened. But the ref- <laughs> the referee yelling, you know, three effing times at Roman Yossi multiple <laughs> times, just yelling at him. Right. And you have, you know, um, there was a game a couple years ago. Brendan Gallagher was told to f off by a referee, and there have been plenty other instances as well. And nothing happens, but then you know a coach or whoever, they, uh, <laughs> you know, they'll say, well, you know, I would have liked to see the referees call a slashing penalty here, and it's like, oh, you've been fined, and it's like, <laughs> for what? <laughs> exactly. And Ian calling it out. You know, the refs used to have their names on the jerseys, and that's been pulled off. Like. Can we get more anonymity for these guys? Right. Stop. Douchebag. Uh, look, that that was a tweet of the week, but I, I got one more for you. Now, okay. if, if you if you go back to that Calgary game when Tomas Hurdle had his hat trick, I was thinking something, and Kevin Kerr's obviously thinking the same thing, tweeting, 
if Hurdle had a little more separation there, he could have tried that move from his four-goal game eight years ago. Now, I, I was thinking, and I tweeted something very similar, like, oh, man, if he pulls the Marty Baron move there, he probably scores. But the fact that Marty Baron responded with the best clip ever, here's that clip. I mean, just waking up out of a nightmare, like still having nightmare dreams about that hurdle goal. But what is it about whether it's Baron or Luongo? Uh, some of these guys, man, the the goalies, they have that that reputation for being nuts. But goddamn, they've got some really entertaining Twitter accounts. I mean, is there is there any others that I don't know about that I should be following? Oh well, Kevin I mean, Weeks has something once in a while. Yeah, it's. I mean, everybody. You know, everybody's got something to say, right? And <laughs> you know, there are some guys who, you know, they don't have something to say very often but when they do it's it's a it's a it's a solid one you know yes love those so i don't know i mean but that's the beautiful thing about twitter right is everybody follows everybody so even if you don't follow them chances are they're going to get repeat uh retweeted into your timeline yeah so it works out so uh with that we wrap it up here we might as well show you one more time because uh it's worth it i got ran over yet again and you know what uh, EK, I invite you to continually do that for the rest of this season and beyond over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, we're kind of going to end this a little bit on uh, a sad note, but we did lose uh, someone that was a really early supporter of Pucknology, Pucknologists, Teal Town, but uh, Steve Cropper passed away in his sleep yesterday morning. Uh Talked about it a little bit on After Dark yesterday. They also touched on it during the post-game show following the Sharks game. But this guy had probably the most ridiculous selection of Sharks stuff, swag, pucks, pennants, anything you can shake a hockey stick at. Insane. And in fact, if you go on YouTube and search Sharks Superfan, there was... uh, a piece that was done a couple years ago where Douglas Murray and Dan Rusinowski actually went all the way up to his home in Rancho Cordova and visited with them, signed a bunch of stuff. And they, there's a great, like two, two and a half minute news piece about the whole thing. But the guy had a, uh, just a ridiculous collection and was real generous to, to some people. He'd he, he'd send, he sent me a couple things. He's like, Hey, so what's your address? And he's like, look, I know you're a, you know, a, a big, uh, Mark Smith fan. And he sent me some, uh, eight by tens and just some cool inserts from sharks programs. Uh, believe he sent me a, a Mark Smith puck just and like, you know, didn't, didn't, I didn't ask for this stuff. He was just like, Hey, I, th- I know you're a big fan thought you would, you might like that. So thoughtful guy. Um, his, uh, we had our differences on certain things, but when it came to the sharks, we were all of the same mind of let's go sharks. And, uh, again, as a guy who has amassed too much sharks memorabilia, 
I bow in his honor uh, of all the memorabilia he collected. It should also be noted that a couple seasons ago when the San Jose Barracuda did that run that kind of gave a, a tip of the hat to previous franchises, whether it was the Kansas City Blades, Cleveland Barons, Wooster Sharks, uh, they invited Steve and, of course, uh, our friend Mitch Amaya, but they cobbled together just an amazing kind of mini museum of stuff to look at prior to those games. And they included some players out there that had played for those teams. So that was Dan Boyle, Mark Smith, Johan Hedberg, Yevgeny Nabokov, uh, Tom Peterson. It was very cool. And the fact that they uh, reached out to him, he was just, when it came to that stuff, he was a, a generous guy. So uh, whether you got along with him on, on, politics or, or whatever the look, that's not what this is about. It's that we lost a, a Sharks fan who uh, puts a lot of us to shame when it comes to the memorabilia stuff and just being behind this team all the way. So rest in peace, Steve. We're going to miss you, pal. Um, just amazing. Uh, the, that, that collection. Again, I invite you to take a look at that YouTube or on YouTube that just search shark super fan. You're going to find it real quick. So with that, uh, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Unless you think I'm irrelevant, then still follow. But anyway, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like to hear or discuss with us, you can send them over to Teal Town USA on Twitter. Don't forget to join us on our Discord channel where the chatter never stops and is also uncensored. Just saying. Check the show notes for the really or for the link. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you didn't get a chance to watch it live. And follow us on the social. You know where it all is. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. Just hit like, hit subscribe, leave us a nice little review. We would appreciate that. Five stars is always cool. If you ever want to support the show, you can use the super chat option. We prefer if you use the Venmo tip jar, but hey. No requirements. If you feel it, if the spirit moves you, go for it. If not, you're always welcome here. Famous last words, jerk man, before we tie the bow on this. So I tweeted out yesterday morning about you have, you have how <laughs> yes, I do. How uh, a handful of sharks fans and sharks broadcasters and people uh, who have a vested interest in the sharks. Um, still like to talk about and care about former players as if they're still on the team. <laughs> Are you referring to me? And I can't answer that for legal reasons. Um, I miss you, Pavs. <laughs> and, 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 and again, like I'm speaking as somebody who's a Pavelski, like, you know, Pavelski is my favorite player. <laughs> you That's, know. And, but, uh, evidently a lot of people really wasn't a fan with what I had to say. Um, I don't know if I got ratioed per se, but what my the hell did had, you say? My tweet had 33 replies to it. <laughs> oh my God. What did you say, dude? I said, here's the direct quote. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't get why Sharks fans care so much about players not on the team anymore. Pavelski, Thornton, etc. And this is speaking as someone whose favorite player is Pavelski. It seems odd to focus on legends of the team instead of the current team. The reason I bring this up is because I've heard many Sharks fans, and including the broadcasters, talk as if Pavelski, Thornton, Marlowe are still on the team. You got that all in one tweet? Well, that had to be two tweets. So you get my point. <laughs> and, and there were a lot of people who agreed with me, I will say. 
Um, but for the most part, people were like, oh, well, think about all the chances they had at the cup. And, you know, um, and one person actually said, you know, think about when you're single. You're telling me you don't recall past relationships. And I'm like thinking to myself, no, <laughs> that's why I'm single. Like, you know, like and, and, and again, I'm, don't don't make no mistake. I'm all about reminiscing as much as the next person. Right. I love reminiscing. Joe Pavelski is my favorite player. Great memories of Joe Thorne and Patrick Marlowe on the team, but they're not on the team anymore. Well, I, I feel like you can still follow a, a Thornton and a Pavelski and keep tabs okay. on what they're doing no. because, you know, 100 percent, you, you, you know, you're endeared to them from their time here. No, 100 percent. But as I as I said, they're not on the Sharks anymore. I and there are people confirmed. Oh, well, when Pavs comes back and oh, oh Jesus, yeah. really? I mean, dude, that. He he was quoted both uh, I believe Shang and Pashelka both saying like look we asked him about the return and he was like nope no nope, it's pretty much gonna be Dallas and yeah and it's it's just I don't know and, like I said uh, do whatever you want but I just I I thought it was just very interesting because it's like he's not on the team anymore and like you know even on the broadcast they're like oh yeah you know great shot there by Pavs great shot by the big Pavelski and it's like <laughs> he's on Dallas <laughs> last <laughs> last I checked <laughs> let it go all right. So, uh, are are you done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cancel the show already. <laughs> uh, you can find everything on TealTownUSA.com. Remember to check us out following every single Sharks game with our After Dark post game show. And that's it. We thank you very much for watching and listening. We will catch you next week for episode 145. And for those of you watching live, that's right, 12 minutes left. The Golden Knights are up 5-4, so we're going to go watch that. Have a great night, everybody. We will catch you all again next Sunday.